Hello once again, everybody. This is the Common Sense American, and we are coming to you from a country where voter fraud is a very real thing. Uh, I want to talk about that today because of its just huge importance. Uh, but there's another side to this, and I'm sure that Republicans and conservatives, and uh, they're just not going to like it, but I don't really care. I'm, I'm an independent for a reason, and uh, I speak common sense and logic for a reason, and there are times, especially under cases of extreme duress, where people just don't act logically and don't realize what they're saying and what they're doing. Uh, and in some cases, on our side as well. Uh, but let me first say, with the election, uh, well, I don't want to say done, because I know a lot of people are going to jump all over me for that. Um, first of all, a couple weeks ago, or before the election, I projected a Biden victory. Um, a lot of people didn't like that either. But my reasoning, I think, was sound. Um, I, I actually didn't think it was even going to be as close as it was. However, the week following my prediction, I did another show where I, I really tried to talk myself into a Trump surge, that the red wave was very real, that there was a lot of, I'd say, last-second evidence that Biden was in trouble. And the day of the election, and when things started rolling in and the results started coming in, I started to go, you know what, I was wrong again. It looks like Trump is going to take this. Uh, as of, you know, midnight of, on election day, um, Trump, not ha he, was, he was down in the electoral vote count because, you know, Biden had just swept the states. He was sweeping a lot of the states that he was going to guarantee take, especially pretty much all the states in New England, for example, um, New York, all that. They, they were already in. And, and they were some of the first to report. So it, it looked like he was in the lead. However, if you looked at all the other states, Trump had a clear lead. In fact, he had a big lead in, I think, every single undecided state with the exception of two as of, I think, 1 a.m. And we're talking big leads. It was a 15 or a 16-point lead in Pennsylvania. It was 10 in Wisconsin. It was 12 in Michigan. And, of course, he ended up losing all those states along with others, including uh, Arizona, although they're saying now that uh, the gap is down to twelve or 15,000. It doesn't matter. He's not going to catch up and win. I'm sorry, he's not. Um, but, you know, you, so you wake up in the morning and go, what the hell happened? Um, and you go, okay, well, Pennsylvania had yet to count Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. And yeah, there's a lot of votes in there. So several million, obviously. And even if Trump had that 600, 700,000 vote lead, that could feasibly evaporate if the majority of mail-in votes are Biden's, and of course they were. Um, I, but the instant, if you look, I'm not a statistician. I'm not. I, but if you look at the graphs of how this voting played out, it does look on the surface to be somewhat suspicious. There are reasons to believe that there are uh, facets of this election that didn't go as planned, with specifically the mail-in voting, which is what we were all worried about. Now let me say this before I get too far down the road onto the too far into the weeds on the voter fraud thing. Prior to the election, Trump was very against the whole concept of the mail-in vote and the absentee vote. He he didn't like it. He spoke out about uh, spoke out against it many times. And I wonder if that really hurt him because. It was sort of saying, okay, the only people who are going to vote now are going to go in person. And if you can't go in person, I don't even want you to vote for me. Uh, because, you know, you're supposed to be a stand-up person, you're supposed to be a patriot, you're supposed to be doing this correctly. Um, and condemning the mail-in vote 
sort of almost gave more incentive to the people who were maybe on the fence or, you know, wasn't sure what they're going to say, forget it. I don't want to go to the polls. I'm scared to go to the polls. The whole Corona thing, I'm voting Biden. Um, We're talking the slimmest of margins here in this election. So even the slightest misstep could have caused the the shift towards towards Biden. I just I just wonder, you know, if he hadn't been so adamant, if he hadn't constantly uh, slammed it, if he hadn't really said anything about it, would we be looking at the same results? You know, I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, but I will say that you know, if you look at these graphs, it is suspicious, and you're seeing plenty of evidence that ballots were misplaced and miscounted, and uh, machines were screwed up. The question is whether or not that uh, those screw-ups amount to enough of a closing of the gap so that Trump won. Now, Tucker Carlson said yesterday, I think, that he does not believe that there is enough evidence currently of fraud to close the gap to the point where Biden wouldn't win. And he took a lot of heat for that. But he's not wrong people he's not not yet what we're seeing we have a lot we have investigations going on we have a lot of suspicions and that that all needs to be sussed out we need to come to some answers we cannot just say you know because a very questionable right-wing source and i'm sorry but there are many of them said oh you know there's somebody there's wild evidence of voter fraud in michigan or in wisconsin and thousands of vote went one way and they're supposed to go another that needs to be looked into, okay? You can't just say, oh, that, see, look, we were right. Because that's exactly what the left has been doing. They've been asking you to trust implicitly CNN and MSNBC. Well, we don't like to do that. We want to come to our own conclusions and investigate, right? So we should be doing the same thing on our side. We shouldn't just be implicitly believing the reports of our right-wing news uh, broadcasters just because we want to. That's a mistake, and it's just hypocrisy. I'm sorry, but it is. We should be investigating these. There is enough suspicion out there. There is enough evidence from the stats that says we should be looking into this. That much is true. And the really important part about this is this is really not about Trump anymore. This has become about election and democracy. You cannot have a functioning democracy with a broken election system. I said this a while ago. I said this years ago. That after the last, I think it was probably the year after the last election, somewhere around 2017, where uh, obviously the Democrats were screaming about Russia collusion and all that stuff. Um, I was saying, look, they're nuts and they're wrong. However, if there is any question that our election process has been compromised in any way, we need to look into it. Just like we're doing now, and we should continue to do so. Because you cannot have a functioning democracy without a functioning election system. If the citizens do not trust that system, fewer and fewer and fewer people are going to vote. And that is a major problem. I want everyone to understand that. Out The foundation of a country. That's really what we're talking about when we talk about elections, we talk about voting, and we talk about possible fraud or voting irregularities, whatever you'd like to call it. This is why we need to look into these things. It is a basically a keystone of, of the structure that is democracy. You take it out and it falls. And you, what, what ends up happening is not only do you create a populace that distrusts the system, which in turn makes them not vote, you create sort of a power vacuum. Uh, as the government attempts to try to, uh, you know, prove that their election process is in fact infallible when it isn't, 
the public is just going to push back against that and they're going to push back by simply not participating. And if you don't participate, that gives the government more power. They'll simply say, well, the populace isn't responding, they're not really voicing much of anything, so we're going to do whatever it is we're going to do. Now, that is something we can't allow, cannot allow to happen. Then we're talking authoritarianism, tyranny, and all that stuff. So while these investigations go down, we should absolutely be paying attention. We should be interested in the results. And if there is fraud, if there is uncovered uh, problems and you know irregularities and all that stuff, we need to fix it. We need to fix it fast. We need to fix it before any more elections take place anywhere. Uh, it's interesting to note that the um, the idea of the mail-in ballot is hardly anything new. They do it. They've been doing it in Europe for years. Some some countries, one of which I believe is Switzerland, they do only mail-in voting. Uh, it works exceedingly well. Um, you know, they almost never have problems, but then again, they're an old hand at it. They've been doing it for a very long time. They've ironed out all the flaws. They have a system in place with very strict rules that this is how you're going to do it if you want to vote. That is what we need to do. Because we rushed into this, because we sort of, the pandemic brought this on, so okay, now we have to do the mail-in vote. We, we never really had a very reliable ironclad system for the mail-in vote, and this is exposed uh, many of the issues that uh, the Republicans and Trump were talking about prior to the election. And we need to fix these issues. Because, let's face it, the mail-in thing is here to stay. There may be fewer down the road because, okay, lockdowns will be lifted. But let's face it, post-pandemic, people are still going to be terrified. People are still going to be worried. The media is still going to run their fear-mongering. They're still going to do this for years. And people have, just like anything else, just like getting used to the idea of online shopping, they're going to get very much used to the idea of the absentee ballot or the mail-in ballot because they don't have to stand in line for hours on election day. It, this is something we just have to deal with. It's going to be a thing. In the future, as I said before, I wonder what would happen if Trump had sort of, uh, I wouldn't say embraced it, but at least accepted it and not come down so hard on it. And you know, now we have to say it's here to stay. We have to use it. We have to, we cannot, you know, just allow these problems to continue. But we also don't want to have elections where 80% of the votes coming in are Biden or, or Democrat or whatever, because those are the only people who are doing it. Those are the only people who are taking advantage of that form of voting. Um, and you can say, well, I'm expressing my distaste for it. It's a form of protest to say I'm not voting that way. That's nice, but it's still going to exist. And we have to get uh, Republicans all over the world, uh, all over the country to understand that this is something that's not going away. And if you want to use it, use it. And people are going to use it. And if that's the case, it has to be accurate. It has to be reliable. Okay, This has to be something that we don't continually turn to with uh, confusion and questions. That cannot happen. So whether you're on, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, it really doesn't. You should be interested in, in, in uh, determining the level of potential fraud that has hit this election. Now, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind there has been some. I do question, uh, as uh, Tucker Carlson and many others have said, as to whether or not that the, the amount of it is enough to swing in Trump's favor. Yes, we're seeing plenty of reports that say it does, but none of those are really that easily verified. They're just not. Bear in mind, uh, after 15 plus years, uh, acting as a journalist and editor, trust me, there are steps that must be taken in order for this to be proven as accurate and true, and we need to take those steps, okay? This is less about Trump, 
more about election integrity. Election integrity needs to be our number one concern moving forward. This election has proven that beyond the shadow of a doubt. I don't care what your political views are. This is the case. We have shown that this is an issue, especially when, when we have a very, very close election like we did now. Um, we, we have to rely on, on the results. Right now, we can't. I can't. No one can. And that's just the way it is. Okay. Now, I'm now I'm going to move on to the part where I know I'm going to alienate some people here, but I, uh, in my, in the reactions to this, um, look, first of all, I hope you all realize, and I'm sure many of you do, that the ongoing uh, per perception in the Democrat world of right-wing individuals is that they're all just gun-toting, Bible-thumping, inbred, knuckle-dragging, you know, losers, uh, backwoods uh, irritants who need to be, who really do need to be educated. And this is, we can't allow these people to be running, running amok with their, with their guns and their age-old beliefs and their, you know, and all of that. And is it a dangerously outdated, archaic stereotype? Yes. It's, is it insulting? Yes. However, like any other stereotype in any society, it is rooted in some truth. And unfortunately, when these uh, results, when the election came down, we, you know, Biden's, the media says he's the winner and, you know, all this. Uh, we have all these questions about voter fraud. You start to see some of those people that scare me as well start coming out and screaming about how this is what 2A is for and uh, we need to act. And look, okay, look, we do need to, like I said, I've just spent a bunch of time telling us, telling everybody that we need to continue these investigations and we need to figure out where this goes and just how deep the rabbit hole goes. We need to get down there. I, I'm, I'm all for that. Okay. I'm all for making sure an election is 100% uh, clear and certified and reliable before we declare winners. I'm all for that. Taking to the streets with guns will do nothing. All right. It seems to me, and whenever this happens, it always seems like I come across people who care way more about the Second Amendment than anything else on the planet, and that's a little terrifying. It's almost like there's an odd psychological attraction, perhaps an addiction of some kind, to their weapons, which scares me a little, and scares other people. Like, you care way more about owning your guns than you do, like, your kids or something. It's, it's, it's a little off-putting. And the idea of taking to the streets with guns does nothing. It's highly counterproductive and, of course, dangerous and will do nothing. And it plays into the opponent's hands. I don't understand why you don't get this. You can't go screaming about uh, 2A and saying, oh, well, I'm armed. We're going to take this back over and we have to act. And after spending months condemning the left for their mob rioting, which honestly is all we're talking about doing. You can say you have right on your side. You can say you have the Constitution on your side all you want. In the end, if you break a bunch of laws and you head out onto the streets armed to do what you want to do because you believe it's right, with that that right there is a mob. That is a, a an unlawful right, a dangerous one that puts innocents in danger. And in the end, we'll do absolutely nothing besides get a lot of people hurt and possibly killed that will eventually would then put you in jail, uh, put your family in serious, have a serious issue with, with the law and anybody else that's around it, and it will have done nothing. It will prove to be a complete waste of time. The National Guard, even the Army, could have to come in and take care of it, but either way, nothing will happen. 
If Biden's in the White House, you're not stopping it with your guns. If if they if you think they're coming after your rights, you're not going to stop it with your guns. You're only going to hasten the problem and intensify it because they're the left is going to say point right at you and say, look, right there. See, we told you. All you know how to do is is you know take to your guns and your Bible and and that's all you can do. And this is why you're outdated and we got to move past you and you're not a civilized human and we told you so and now we really are going to take away 2A. Now we really are going to take away more of your rights. But that's my point. Okay, be, be careful about this. I understand. I have called out big tech censorship. I have called out the fact that I have been censored, that I have been shouted down, that people on the right have been uh, absolutely attacked uh, online and even in reality for their beliefs. I understand that, especially just Mostly, I don't mean physically attacked, but, you know, metaphorically, the media will go after them. They can destroy your lives, your, 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 your business. They can rip families apart, all because of political correctness and left's coming down saying, you know, no, you can't say this. And we think you need to be basically put in re-education camps. I am the first one to speak out against that. I really am. But you can't keep playing into their hands. You don't fight their fight. They're going to win that fight. They're going to say, look, we told you so, and now we're taking more of your rights. And in the meantime, let's be honest and take a look at things. In the past four years, what has really changed for you? Do you have more rights or something? We've been complaining about the way society has gone, and we want Trump back. But in the four years that Trump was there, do right-wing people have more rights or feel like they're just or more equal? I don't. I think it's gotten much worse. I think I feel much less uh, protected, much less equal to anybody else. I feel on the bottom rung of the ladder. And that, unfortunately, is something the president can't control. That is the direction the society is going. We need to fix that on a societal level. The president won't change anything. Which is why, if Biden's in president in another four years, guess what? Your rights are pretty much going to be the same. Your day-to-day -day lives really don't change. Let's face it. No one's coming into your house and taking things. No one's, you know, going directly after your family, in which case you have every right to defend them. And if you have guns, fine. But this, none of this is happening. Okay? I know you think or for some reason that there's just going to be federal agents outside your door tomorrow or something demanding something. It's not going to happen. It has never happened and it's not going to happen anytime soon. Okay? We have... We, we've gone to great lengths to have a lot of stopgaps in place in the government to stop dramatic changes from happening overnight. Now, I have said that if they have the presidency, the House, and the Senate, we got issues because they're going to try and pass some seriously crazy crap. I understand that. The, the answer to that is not guns. It's not going to do us any good. We cannot stop. We, we can't stop believing in what we believe in. But the key to doing that is in within the confines of a society and a democracy and a civilization. And that can be done, and it has been done in the past. It's no more dire now than it has been in other times past when we were when the country was facing insane hurdles. From wars to depression to everything else, let's face it, our day-to-day -day lives really aren't going to change that much. I know it's a lot of you people think they are, but they haven't in the past four years. They really didn't during Obama, and they're not going to during Biden. Things about... Uh, your situation will change. Your financial situation could change. Other things like that. I, I am aware of that. Okay, but the response of, of an extreme response is not warranted right now. It just isn't. And frankly, I don't see it ever being that way. So let's not go that route. Don't tire me and with your, you know, Democrats are tyrants and they want to eat our children. And 
look, I've been a, I'm more against Democrats than anybody right now. But you have to keep your head in these times. Don't play into their games. They want you to do this. They want you to flip out. And they're pointing at you right now on social media saying, see, we told you this is what these people are like. We told you there's nothing we can do about this. You can't work with people who do this, who the, who the instant something doesn't go their way, this is how they react. You know, you can't just, and, and, you know, Tucker Carlson said what he says. You got a bunch of people saying, okay, that's it. I'm never going to listen to him again. Fox does what they do. Okay, that's it. I'm never going to listen to them again. Well, next week, Tucker come back and say something you like and you're going to flip again. Look, that is a sort of narrow-mindedness I don't get on board with. We have to uh, sort of get away from that and understand that things change and, and flux. And we have to roll with that while maintaining what we believe in, what we're striving for, what we're pushing for. Violence will do nothing and never has. That was proven by the liberal rise. It didn't do anything, did it? Did it help them? No. It won't help us either. It's not going to help anybody, not in any civilization. This is not the 18th century. There is no occupying force. I know you want to call it the Democrats. It's hardly the same thing. You'd like to travel back in time 200, 250 years and ask them how things were or are by all means. There's nothing, nothing similar to what's going on now. Nothing. Ask the historians. They'll tell you. This is not what's happening. Okay, so calm down. Figure out new tackling points, new things that we can go after to try to stop this. Yes, I understand. They're coming after us in a variety of ways. And their whole goal, one of their biggest goals is to get us to do what they want us to do. So they can prove to the world that they've been right about us. And then they can get their agenda passed much more easily. Then they really will get your stuff. Then they really will come after you. If, on the other hand, we prove to them that that is not the case, that they really do believe in outdated and archaic and dangerous stereotypes, that that is not the way all conservatives and Republicans and independents think, just because we don't think like them, then they have a fight on their hands. Then they have a problem, because they can't prove their idiotic assumptions about us. They can't, and it's very difficult to get past because the rest of the world will see that that's not true either because all we're doing is standing there and saying we don't we don't trust this we don't like this we're standing up for this and yes we're going to be vocal about it okay that does not include rioting in the streets does nothing it just does nothing okay with firearms it certainly does nothing um besides being counterproductive so i urge everybody to keep a calm cool collected head on this and battle in a way that makes you uh heard that makes you visible and vocal, but does not play into their hands. I don't want to deal with that because then you got a whole other problem. Then you're proving their case. Then they're able to just sweep through everything and say, this is, we told you so. This is how these people are. We're going to deal with them in our way. Now we have no choice because they refuse to change. They refuse to adapt. They refuse to consider the points of view. We don't want to be like that. So if Biden is indeed inaugurated in January 20th, Okay, we don't, we're not going to start riots. That's the wrong thing to do. Okay, because that's just going to prove. We've been saying for months that 95% of all these protests and riots where people are getting hurt and properties being burned, that is all leftist stuff. It is. It really is, right? Okay, so let's not do that. Let's not flip the script and do this exact same thing because we didn't get what we wanted. The key is to go back and battle in the trenches in a certain way. And that's how we're going to do it. And it can be done. Trust me. We just have to do it. Anyway, that's my rant for today. 
Um, and again, please uh, consider subscribing. It's free. I don't do any ads. Share with friends and family. I'm on all the, uh, you know, media sharing things like iHeartRadio and uh, iTunes and all that stuff. So uh, again, I appreciate everybody listening. I urge everybody to be good citizens about this and to understand the way things are and to stand up for what you believe is right while still maintaining civility and proving to Democrats that we are not who they say we are, who they accuse us of being. Don't play into that. Don't play their game. Okay. And that's it for me. And I will see you again next week. Thank you.